Hello, RP people, and welcome back to another episode of Roleplaying with Smart People, the podcast where we pretend to know what we're talking about when it comes to all things tabletop. My name is Santa, and I'm glad you can tune in again. Joining me as always, I got Scott W. and Mr. Finder. Say hello, guys. Howdy ho. Word up. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about character progression. Why, ha- why has XP and level increase become the norm? What are some other options? Is it even really necessary in the end of it? All that and probably more. Oh, and before I forget, probably during this episode, well, I know it's going to be during this episode, Scott W. currently has uh, a Kickstarter up. So, Scott, would you like to say a little bit before we continue? Oh, uh, yeah, it's... um. So yeah, I kind of threw that term. on you. But... <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I was still thinking about when you said that uh, leveling with XP is, has become the norm. We'll talk about that that statement. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Task Force Raven, we launched it on May 4th. So by the time everyone's listening, it's already going. It's going to run 30 days. Um, you'll see it. Uh, under, it's a, if you search under like Savage Worlds or just Task Force Raven, uh, you'll find it. It's three different words. And essentially, it's, uh, it's a game that asks the questions of how would special forces operators trained to hunt the occult actually do that and deal with Real world, real world situations such as terrorism and counterintelligence units, and then you sprinkle in a little bit of occult mystery. And you know, as we found out in the first uh, test session we did, uh, the answer is uh, you can release a gin on accident and uh, watch the party get torn apart, <laughs> which was amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we, so for we people who really think Savage happened. Worlds care, yeah, people who like Savage Worlds characters can't <laughs> die. Mm, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> No, they definitely can, as I've experienced many a time since started playing a Finder. <laughs> Ouch. Well, you gotta admit, it's kind of true. <laughs> uh, Even in the other group I'm with you with you in, it they all know that you're gonna get us all killed. <laughs> it's not me, it's the <laughs> dice. <laughs> I have I have great plans. <laughs> so uh to get us started. So why do you why is XP and level increase kind of the norm? Or is it? Because I think you got something to say about that, Scott. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's always been the norm. It hasn't become the norm. <laughs> Although I will say that they, it seems to me that there is a progression away from that now. Because you look at Suede, and Suede no longer uses XP at all. It just says, the GM says, right. you guys level up, and that's when you level up. Now... That's in advance. There is still a mm-hmm. concept of levels uh, within Savage Worlds. So you got like your novice, your seasoned veteran, heroic, and legendary type characters. But even within D&D 5E, yeah. they, there, there is an option for the DM to just say you guys level up now or take a level. And so it's becoming more yeah. narrative focused rather than experience points focused. And I have a theory as to why I think that is, yeah. but I think there is still an aspect of leveling that's, that, that has always been the norm, to Scott's point. Yeah, right. I mean, it's just it's how the games began. But yeah, um, a lot of games, uh, traditional tabletops have begun to move away. And I think a lot of people were just hand-waving experience anyway, right? I know... We kind of used to do it at first, and then once you realize that you know counting the 
the minuscule amounts of experience points and you're in the hundreds of thousands, if not, you know, a million in AD and D and second edition, <laughs> just like, I'm, I'm not doing this shit. <laughs> I'm not done. How about this? We've had four adventures and we advanced and that started with, uh, I think third edition codified that, you know, it was like, here's the average number of adventures to level up. That's probably where you saw the shift in a, like Pathfinder and third edition in general and 3.5 and all that. And kind of going forward is like X number of sessions should roughly equal if you're using the ever the never ever broken uh cr capacity of encounters to to level up a character yeah no like i'm trying to i'm trying to think if there's any old school rpgs that i know that didn't use levels and i'm trying to remember did paranoia use levels i don't think it did in the traditional sense i, I don't did believe it? paranoia did in the traditional sense i'd have to look it up again um, Boot Hill did not yeah, I, yeah. Uh, have levels per se either, and I'm trying to remember if even Star Frontiers did. Yeah, because I think for them it was just what color jumpsuit you got. Well, yeah, that's the thing, right? You're right. Clearance levels was paranoia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, even games that claim not to have levels still essentially have levels. <laughs> it's just the matter, you know. I don't think there's a way to fully get away from levels. Plus, also, everyone likes the sense of, uh, you know, powering up, right? Like, you see, right. there's a reason why RPG, like, mechanics in video games are extremely prevalent, where, you know, you unlock skills, you unlock this, you unlock that. And it's because people, I think, generally like the sense of, like, like the idea of becoming powerful in almost like a way that they can codify yeah i mean there's you have to be able to improve it's the natural state of humanity is we're always improving in something um and some games even have uh, a decline built in to kind of how you behave and how you act that that can happen too in a, in a few games which i i don't know how i feel about that I, I mean like maybe with age because of brain fog and you know the, the atrophying of the muscle groups and things like that it, it makes sense but you know, because you didn't do well or whatever, you suddenly, you know, you're not as good mm-hmm. a cultist as you were. It's a, it's a little well, weird. Well, yeah, I see. I would disagree with it if it's because you failed at something. Um, that that is one thing that I thought was kind of neat about uh, Powered by the Apocalypse when we were doing that is if you failed, you gain experience because failing is one of the ways that we learn the fastest. Um, but the, yeah. where I would say, if you're going to do a mechanic like that, do it based on how frequently they use that skill. Because I can tell you right now, I used to do database work. And if you asked me to write an SQL query right now, I would not be able to do that because I've not had to do that for a couple of years. <laughs> and so that knowledge has completely yeah. left me. So I don't know. The, the fact that you fail, I don't think you should penalize it in that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing is, right? It's like, yeah, even if you try you should learn that way. Like Rollmaster has that you gain experience for, uh, for dying, right. And taking wounds. So, which makes sense because you'll learn not to do that shit again. <laughs> well, <laughs> usually if I'm taking wounds, I learn, uh, yeah, let's run away. <laughs> okay. Um, as a role player, I don't learn that lesson <laughs> as a real human being. I do. <laughs> uh, I, I've learned that as a role player, I'm a sadistic SOB. It's like, I want to see how much torture I can submit my character to I, I find I'm the most sadistic when it comes to playing cyberpunk games. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah um, as it turns out, uh, my character, of course, is not me, has no problem with 
children running through gunfights, paying homeless people uh, to um, distract guards and other uh, other shady things. <laughs> Maybe I'm just I've always been a horrible person. I can't tell anymore. But um, yeah, I don't like the more I kind of think about like you know the whole concept like. Another part, like the reason why I thought this would be kind of an interesting topic, because I was kind of I was looking through a few RPGs that I've recently got. Um, one of them was actually uh, the Spire, uh, which is done by Rowan Rook and Deckard, but also Mecha Monsters by Gallant Knight Games, um, with the Tiny D Six system. And I was looking at the Tiny D Six system. I was like, oh, this game would be fun, but like you know, you don't get any things, you don't get any of that this would be a good filler like RPG, but I don't know if I, you could play this in the long term. And I started wondering, I was like, why do I kind of wonder why I couldn't play this in a long term? If you got a good campaign going and would, you could progress that thing to being a long-term game. But like, for some reason in my mind, I just looked at it and thought there's no character progression in the traditional sense. So why how could I imagine myself playing this for the long term? But at the end of the day, we're kind of we're we're supposed to be creating stories, right? So shouldn't the story progressing be almost enough to actually fill that void of the character, you know, just gaining XP to gain a little bit more strength? I find it's it, it's such a weird topic if you think about it. But well, I, I think why is it important for character progression? Because as players, I would get bored if I couldn't improve things that I fail at all the time. You know, if you're, if you're telling stories, you want your character to be able to grow. That, that's one of the things that we read that when we read a story, the stories that draw me in the most are the ones where the characters actually experience growth in some way. They, they learn, they improve, even if it's not necessarily in their physical capabilities seeing them grow in in some ways. I mean, you you think about Lord of the Rings and Sam Gamgee, who's just this um, almost like a a servant type character, right? Mm -hmm. And in my mind, he is probably the true hero. It's not Frodo, it's Sam, because Sam is the one that helped Frodo get to the point where Frodo could actually uh, almost throw the ring away, right? I mean, really, Frodo didn't even throw the ring, Gollum bit the finger off, so... Um, but, but I mean, to me, I, I think about Sam and Sam is the fun character in Lord of the Rings because of the character growth that you see from him in the way that he approaches, uh, his duty, which was a lot of fun. Mm. But that still kind of wraps around if you think about it, where it's like, it's more geared towards the story itself. Like I wouldn't say Sam made any massive progress when it comes to like his natural ability to fight or any of those kind of things he doesn't really necessarily do any of that even though at the period of time where the lord of the rings even happens i would say it's long enough to have some of those kind of skills progress but it's all about the character and how the character himself mentally progresses to actually increase to that point and that's where i'm kind of like stuck with the whole is levels really necessary because if you do have a good story and you have a good basis for core mechanics to allow for. You're, you're assuming that everybody wants a story, right? I mean, 
Sometimes, I mean, murder hobos don't care about the story. They care about murder. <laughs> that's fair. That's yeah. fair. That's well, I mean, if you think about it, when I was a kid, I, I didn't play D&D for a story. I played D&D because it was fun to imagine a character going in and killing this monster and taking its treasure. And that was fun. And the more efficiently I could do that, the bigger the monsters I could fight. And there's a, another thrill from being able to fight a bigger monster and to overcome odds that uh, at the beginning were not so easy to overcome. So I, I think character progression, whether you call it levels or something else, character progression is important because, uh, I mean, you think about the video games nowadays even. Video games have conditioned us to some degree to expect that. In the old Atari adventure game, there was no leveling your character. You were that block with that slashy sword and and you walked around and that was it. And if you died, you died. And if you advanced to the next level, hey, great for you, but you didn't get any new skills um, except for those as a person where I could control that joystick and mash that button a little bit quicker. So it's like the old school video games um, are out of vogue to some degree because there's no progression. It's like you're the same thing and then you die and that's it. And that's, that's not as much fun as being able to see your character advance in some way, whether that's fighting or some other skill. I mean, think about your own experience, uh, Santa, as you, as you learn to edit audio, you're essentially leveling up in real life because your skills are progressing and you get excited about that because you're excited about all the things that you can do now. It's like, Oh, Hey, we could do this and we could do this. And, and that's the exciting thing, even for us as, as people is being able to advance and to grow and uh, to do better than, than what we did last year or yesterday even. And so uh, I, I think progression is something that we as humans to Scott's point earlier, something that we expect because that's what we are doing on a daily basis. I'm getting better or I'm, I'm not, and, and it's no fun when I'm not getting better because then I'm stuck doing the same old crap. I, I have to sit there and do those jobs that nobody wants to do because I didn't get the skills that I wanted to, to get the job that I really want, right? And, and that's no disrespect. I mean, I, I had fun doing some of those menial jobs, but I wanted more. And so I had to advance. I had to level up myself to some degree. No, that, that that was actually a really, really good way to put it. Cause, yeah, no, I, I, damn you with your common making sense kind of bullshit, putting in words <laughs> I understand. <laughs> well, too, if you wanted to do something where you didn't like, you either hybrid it or you could, I guess, ah, oh, maybe ob obviate or offset one of the two. Um, Think about gear, right? So, using the example of you know you doing the auto, the you know, the, the auto editing, you know, you're getting better, but you're also adding you know magical treasure to your to your 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 shit, your new programs, new apps, um, you know, new equipment itself. And so, there's some of those games that don't have a leveling up. That might be a way of, of conquering that too. If you just get better and better equipment, um, or I don't know. I, I don't know how that feels. It's just, I know that's one way that some of these games do that is like, well, I can't make your character sh stronger, but if you have a girdle of giant strength, that makes you stronger. And it, you know, 
and you'll have that for a while. We won't have to worry about you gaining in, you know, any strength or a die type to one of your attributes. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know how much fun that would be for a long time. Well, you know, I was going to just say that I think that's, that's a good conversation to have with your players because some players may not care so much about leveling up their character they may have other ideas for ways to improve their character. Like I got a text from my son for our Coriolis game. And he's like, Hey, I've been thinking about that Coriolis game. And in the, in the game later, do you think I might be able to enhance my weapon so I can get more damage output on it? And so it's like, he's like, he's totally happy with me throwing him a bone to say, Hey, here's a, here's a way that you can improve your weapon. Maybe you tinker with it or whatever. And he's cool with that, whereas some people want to improve their skills and maybe somebody else wants to do something different uh, for their character. And so I think there are other ways that we can think about character progression that may fit in with a player's concept of their character. Maybe finding a stronghold would be one person's idea of leveling up that you don't have to worry about giving them some more power per se for their character. But now they've got this stronghold where they can start accumulating different things that may enhance their abilities later on, which is one thing that I thought was really cool about like Forbidden Lands. Yeah, what was that beep? <laughs> I have no clue. I didn't hear a beep. beep. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was like, oh, I thought we lost someone. Um, yeah, you know, too, I wonder if this helps tie into the conversation of, I mean, we had the conversation right about you're not you're not a damn elf or you're not a damn dwarf right where mm -hmm. you're and did we talk about how i don't remember if we talked about how uh, you know you're playing the character and they can do things that you can't possibly do right because yeah. it's a game and i think we had that conversation in one of the episodes um right yep yeah that's that sounds like mm -hmm. you're not a damn dwarf okay and so when you think about that too and uh if you take that idea and you understand that and you don't want to use a leveling up, but you want to be able to improve equipment and gear in some way, then you might want to think about starting in an advanced position with characters. So like Task Force Raven, um, you know, we renamed uh, Seasoned, but you do start as Seasoned. You start with four advances. It's not saying you won't improve like normal Savage Worlds, but honestly, and you guys have seen it, it's... I, you don't really have to advance in, in Task Force Raven. There's so many, so many other ways to, to represent that and maybe acquiring acquisition of new skills, um, yeah. maybe doing the physical and mental attributes to represent that. And, uh, and you, you, could, you, you can really dial it in if you really want to do it that way uh, because the gear alone will make the difference. I mean, if you had a really solid person who wanted to really dig in and take time and be like, okay, well, this scope adds this, this bipod adds this and really dig in. You, you can go deep into things like that. And I think that could, I think that works in probably every genre, right? Cause fantasy will use magic, science fiction will use technology. Um, I don't know about old West dead. I guess deadlands can use magic, but standard generic vanilla games like that. I don't know how you would do it, but I mean, it's, yeah, it's dual. I, I think you can do it in multiple different ways. Like even I'm thinking like, uh, like let's say you're doing like, I feel like a sh shadow run would probably work good for this one or any kind of a more kind of heisty kind of style game where it's um, even just like you gaining contact. So it's like, okay, you, you, your character, has he gotten exponentially better? It's like, no, but he now knows more guys to where if he needs some to get something done, he's going to be able to source the, 
the right tools for it or he's going to be able to get the right information and you could do it through like you know contacts you could also even do it through like how much of like you know okay well we'll, i'm I'm just going to go to a heist because like those kind of the thought process i was going through when i was thinking of this episode you could even do it for it's like okay what's your budget for this heist okay well you're doing a better you you've now gone through a couple of things is your character much better no you 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 were already a really good thief but now that your budget's increasing you're able to go for bigger scores due to the fact that you have a have a better you have just the access of better information and better uh equipment and i think you could do it in a way I don't think it would work for all games, but I think you could do it in a sense for that with contacts, budgets, and yeah. those kind of things. That's, oh, I've done that in real life in a training session. Uh, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Finish your thought. I'll go after you. Oh, I was going to say, we, I, I, there was a, a course I went through called uh, Mirror Image. Um, you can find it on YouTube. It's an older, it's a way older video. It was down at Blackwater, which they've changed their name for a variety of paralegal and legal reasons. Um, but the course takes you know uh, it, it, it takes you and you're all you're 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 not going to gain any you're not going to gain experience like we're talking about in the game where I'm not going to level up, but it's just what you said is um, the core concept of the class is, is you live like you're a cell of of terrorists who've come together, and you learn to do that you learn to make contacts and how to improvise weaponry and use those tactics to go through role playing scenarios. And you go higher and higher and you're making more contacts, you're gaining more money, your reputation is spreading, you're making a black market contact, you're doing all these things and help because the end goal is the, you know, I guess the end of the quest is the, the uh, assassination or abduction of a, a government official. And that's the entire set of the courses show you how the opposite side thinks. But yeah, we, we did just that. We didn't level up ourselves. Um, we were already proficient shooters and everything else that we did. It's just we... Yeah. We learned to, to, to gather contacts and say, yeah, your idea is solid. Actually, I was like, oh, God, I want to examine maybe an alternate alternate, alternative method for neon blood. Well, now. and what I was going to say is that that's I think that's one thing that I like about Savage Worlds is it encompasses all of those things, right? Because they call them edges, but you have edges like contact where you can get yeah. a contact. They have edges like new power yeah. where if I'm a weird scientist, that new power is a new piece of gear that I created. And so it, it's if you think about leveling up in terms of trappings, uh, which is really which is a huge Savage Worlds concept for a lot of things. Um, I think leveling up can be whatever you want it to be. Um, for the guy that just wants to improve his skills, great, you got you covered. For people that want to improve their their stuff, they've got things like trademark weapon, which is one of the coolest edges in my opinion, because it's like, oh, I've got this weapon that is like unique to me it's special to me and so therefore i know this this weapon like the back of my hand and i'm more effective with it and and that's cool because it's it's a way of improving your character without really doing a whole lot it's just like one little tweak uh to the core concept which is a lot of fun yeah you buy off your you buy off hindrances right exactly you could do that even it's like you know what i i've got this um poor hindrance uh let me buy that off and now i don't have to worry about having cheapo gear anymore for deadlands type of stuff 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not one of the poor. So I got yeah. elected to Congress, and suddenly I make millions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I went on a servant's salary to a multimillionaire. It's like wow. <laughs> that's another hedge I got for free. Well, <clears throat> even with that one, you could just say, "Well, he's just bad with money. He just blows it all the time." It's, uh, yeah. Because what do, is do it? We just do this. Did we just prove Simon's Royals is probably one of the best games ever <laughs> I believe so. No. I believe we did. No. Especially yeah. play Lockmar. Lockmar is awesome because they've got that the setting rule that if you don't spend your money at the end of your session, you're broke by the next by the next session. Regardless. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's setting, setting rule. rule that yeah. Down to your last tick. And yeah. it's I like you spend your money or it's gone. Shit. I need the Savage Royals box set for that. Damn it. Does is that one already? Is that just the old like uh, from the last edition, or is uh, that I, I think it's I think it's Great Explorers edition. I think it's it's one of the earlier ones, but yeah, they're selling uh, or they have for free little update guides on Drive Through RPG yeah. for a lot of their older settings that they know are hmm. the hotness. Um, but I mean, all joking aside, what you just outlined everything, and like I'm trying to think of when I've seen people advance their characters in Savage Worlds. I think I, I'm, maybe I'm wrong and you guys play more than I do, but I think most people go for advancing their attributes and gaining edges, right? Whatever that means and, or buying off a hindrance. And I, it's not too often. I think skills are increased. I think a lot of people have a core set of skills. They examine, they usually get them where they want them and they may advance them once or twice but yeah, it's, in my experience, it seems like everyone goes for either attributes because um, of the role they play in a lot of things uh, or, you know, dealing with a new edges, which is new powers and trademark weapons and stuff like that. And I've never actually, in my group, we're actually diverse in all the groups that I play in because uh, we do have players that like to advance skills, but there is a cap, right? I mean, there's only so far you can advance a skill and then, then you're capped out unless you find some some way yeah. magic or whatever else to take you above that. Attributes are great because they can only be advanced once per rank. So there's a built-in limit there to how fast you can advance your attributes. Um, I have never had a player character or like a player buy off a hindrance. All, all of the people I play with, yeah, all oh, the people really? I play with generally keep their hindrances <clears throat> because the hindrances to us are one of the fun aspects of the game because they introduce problems for the rest of the group. Um, sure, sure. Cool. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. I've never, I've never bought off a hindrance because usually when I pick the hindrances, it helps me create the character of and who they are. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I, I damn you, no. damn you guys with your logic and. I'm just. I mean, I I'm know just saying. Savage Worlds <laughs> might be the greatest. <laughs> it just is what it is. Yeah. It's it's a really well done game system, and it's you know, yeah. And, uh, cards. I was trying to th I was trying to think of things too, but I was just like, oh, I've definitely increased skills before attributes. Even though, like you know, like once you get your attributes, like your skill can't go above it, and if it does, like over your attribute, if it does, it costs double the points. And I was like, I've done that for the sole fact of. Usually, I don't want my character to. What's the best way to put this? I'm, I'm going to put it in intelligent in intelligence wise. I don't want my character to be smarter. I just want him to be good at this one thing. So, like, I don't raise his intelligence because I'm like, no, that just makes him too smart. 
in the RP sense, and I don't want to do that. No, I'm tracking. And I think that's where a lot of people do the attributes because strength affects your melee damage. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. vigor affects, you know, your soaks. Spirit affects getting unshaped. Un, unshaken yeah i was gonna say unshook i'm just i used gets to make fun of people too. i put a couple of teachers and i used to say unshook and they were just did cringe so i was like oh there's a there's a trigger point so we'll keep doing it um agility um i mean yeah that's kind of an in and out but it can affect like if you're uh well, agility, that, agility like allows you to increase your athletics shooting uh fighting all yeah. that stuff i mean it's a, it's a control but i'm i'm thinking, I'm thinking of the, the three that really affect the game directly without needing yeah. a skill you know i think those those three key ones and can you know and spirit used to be considered a dumb stat by people and i'm not really sure yeah. why <laughs> uh, <laughs> probably because i've never been in a real life fight so. yeah I, mean, I leave my i left my spirit at d4 oh, that's a bold strategy cop. that's how that works out for you <laughs> great movie man <laughs> <laughs> well, it's gonna ache. It's gonna ache twenty five percent of the time. Fail seventy five. Yes. Go with God. Now, I will say that I have left spirit at D at a D four, um, and there have been reasons for that. But a lot of it also comes down to I know that I can raise it. Uh, that, so that'll typically be like my first yeah. advance that I take. But also as a wild card, I know I've got that D6 that I can fall back on. So it's really not a 25% of the time, or it's really not a 75% of the time fail because that D6 can save your butt a lot of times when you're rolling D4. So. Yeah, because if I make like a rogue or a thief in Savage Worlds for fantasy or whatever, I like to make the kind of the sniveling backstabber. So I'll leave the spirit low on purpose to represent to reflect cowardice, you know, and then a lack of yeah. self control. Yep. You know, and then advance it slowly over time. But yeah, I don't always. I, people is like, I have no mother and no father. I have no brothers. <laughs> It's the highest order and nothing faces me. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> easy Wolverine. Yeah, you're you're new and unique. Holy shit. So can you guys think of any RPGs that don't have like a, a kind of a normal kind of progression system? Like I know like D D has their XP, but you could also do it based off of, you know, just you know time in the game you can do that all savage worlds is kind of similar to that but do you have one that's kind of unique to its own that you guys can think of like how it progresses or that doesn't have progression oh how it progresses um like unique uh uh finder do you have anything i mean romance i got one so okay yeah, because Raw Master, if done by the book, you're you're not you pre-spend your development points for the next level, and, and when you advance, those skills go up. Um, and that may have been a RM RM Second Edition and a Merp thing, but yeah, you would like pre-spend the points in the skills you wanted to go up by when you advance the next level, which was re- kind of weird. And then it also, it's, but it specified that if you're not actively pursuing it, it was a really weird concept. I'm not, I kind of can see where they're going with it, but, you know. Yeah, yeah that's nowadays, that's a, it's a pretty older, like old system. And everything you've told me about it, um, I don't know how I would 
do play in that game <laughs> at all. Just from all the shit you've to- kind of told me about it with uh, all the charts and uh, lots I mean, of right, of that. It's right up your just, alley. Maybe. I'm just role-playing too, as a smart person. Come on, remember that. You love, love fucking complex-ass games, and it's just like, you ain't going to find much more complex than that. To a certain extent. But yeah, no, I can see. Um, one, like, and it's kind of the one that's been my uh, flavor for the, of the month. Um, any chance I have to talk about it, I usually do, and that's that's just uh, the Spire. Um, because there's like it's a whole game about kind of being an insurgency right and so their progression is how you gain like levels is there's three different like degrees there's low there's medium and then there's high and it's all about how much change you've actually caused in the world around you Mm -hmm. so if you've done some change like it this is going to affect an entire block where this block might never be the same because of your actions you'll you can pick one from the low and if you did something that might affect you know like a whole like whole set like district or like um one whole like a group of people like you did something that's going to change something it's not going to impact the whole spire as a whole but it's going to really impact that one area pretty profoundly then you get the medium and then there's high which is pretty much just like oh shit the whole the whole spire is being sh- uh shaken up by this and i thought that was a really cool way to do it and it, it, it of course it's i don't think it's uh usable in every system but one where you're literally trying to take back control of the city using uh i guess almost you know guerrilla warfare warfare and almost insurgency kind of groups like it, it works really well with the system itself i don't think you can do it with anything else but i'm after reading like how you progress i was like this is just so freaking badass like i love the flavor of it it fits so well in with the game and like you don't you don't see many games trying to tailor their progressions totally with the actual story itself which i thought was cool yeah, sure and to answer your question just... of if I know of any, I'm not aware of any. It it kind of just goes to show how how common experience and levels actually are. Yeah, I mean, if you do a quick search of like games without RPGs without progression, uh, uh, you'll find uh, some uh, the conversations been had. Um, but you also be careful of a, a couple of entries because they are very explicit in their feelings about RPGs without character progression. <laughs> oh, a lot of them hate him. Oh, it's very saucy. <laughs> Spicy gamer words. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I was not ready for that. I was like, Oh, that's one way of addressing your concerns, sir. <laughs> yeah. Cause like um, games with none, the only one I can think of is fate. Ten candles. Yeah, oh well, yeah, but your character is ten. Um, now I, I don't know about like, uh, man, Jenga Tower. <laughs> Someday I will remember that game. Oh, um, oh, what's the name of that? I remember. My God, I think I, I have COVID brain fog, so I'm dying here. I know I talk about it all the time, and now I'm like, I don't know what it is. It's like something. It's only like four letters, ain't it? It is. Yeah, like it's doom or fear. Yeah. Or, 
No. Dread. Dread. No. Everyone's dread. screaming it. I, yeah, I no, literally it's, can't it's think dread, of it. isn't it? Isn't it dread? Because yeah. it is dread. You're right. You're right. Yeah, but it's five letters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. But I, like, I haven't read Parsons yet, but I'm not finding yeah. anything in Parsons that has anything that mentions character progression or advancement. So Parsons may huh. be one, and that actually might be a game that you'd be interested in, Scott, because the tagline is words are what define you. Oh. So I don't know if it's similar to dialect or not. And I don't know if dialect has advanced. I don't know. It sounds interesting though. Hey, have you read, there was a game too. Have you read dialect? Does that have advancement? Or is that like? Uh, it does not because that's not the point of the game. I mean, it's an RPG in the loop. It's not even really an RPG, to be honest. It's uh, I don't even know what to call it. It's like a card, like a card building game. It's it's a thought experiment, really. Uh, but yes, yeah, definitely not an RPG in the traditional sense. I mean, Magic: The Gathering is more of an RPG than Dialect <laughs> is. Um, <laughs> there was a game too called Magicians. I want to say, and you learn Korean by playing wizards, learning to cast spells, and the Korean language is the basis for those spells, which is a cool, interesting concept. Oh, that's neat. I actually saw one recently where it's like in order to cast spells and all that, because like everyone's a magic user, it's actually uh, it's uh, it's uh, ASL. Oh, that's kind of neat, really. Yeah, huh. it, and the the person created the whole RPG. All base. I think it, the Kickstarter. I think it's definitely done by now. But yeah, um, their whole concept was they wanted a way to make a fun RPG, but a way for actually people to learn sign language at the same time. That's actually yeah. really genius because yeah. that's a that's a hell of a way to do it. Yeah. Uh, one sec. You should know and look it up. I definitely am. You can probably hear the clicky clicky. Yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. I really want that. But like Call of Cthulhu and basic role playing. When you use a skill successfully, you can mark those skills, and they're gonna they're gonna increase. And then you know, so that's another one. And then um, Finder, does the One Ring still have its its non level progression progression? Um, I'm not sure. I've not read the book, but uh, let me take a quick gander at the book. Okay, it, I just I know they progress, but it was it was a kind of a different way of doing. Well, now I, I will say that like uh, Black Void. They have experience points, but those experience points can be used in other ways other than necessarily leveling your character, right? So sometimes you can spend experience points. And this is, I've seen this in another system. I'm trying to remember which one it is, where you can use experience points to like, oh, you know what? I need extra cash. So I'm going to spend some experience points to have extra cash. Or um, there That's was cool. another one where you could use experience points to like re-roll to make a, to make a, a save or whatever to save your bacon, but that prevents you from being able to level up your character in the traditional sense as well. So there are some games out there that allow you to use experience points in ways other than advancing your character. Um, But yeah, the one ring, I'm not completely sure about yet. Yeah, neither am I. I I think, uh, was it Numenera also, you can use experience points in order to... um impact the game itself and not just for leveling yeah um i fit i it, the rpg that actually teaches asl it well it teaches actually uh asl and also bsl which is the british sign language oh, um cool. it's called it's called over isle uh and over it, there's isle? actually 
Overall, O-V-E-R-I-S-L-E-S. And their whole RPG is actually, like, it's it's kind of neat because uh, their core game is actually called Inspirals, uh, which that's the one that teaches the British Sign Language. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's a standalone or not, but... Oh, it's a campaign setting for Inspirals. Um, I mean... There's a Kickstarter. I'm sorry. Now we're taking a Kickstarter right in the middle of the whole thing. It's just, it's oh. just a cool concept that I, I regret missing because, man. I, I only saw it after it already ended, and I kind of wish I saw it beforehand. What was it? Well, they just updated it in May, so. Yeah, I, I don't think it's launched. Like, I think, uh, like. Uh, oh, no, it's launched. They're just doing backer fits kits now and stuff. Ah. Yeah, okay. so yeah, the PDFs went out in April, so it should become a regular market, hopefully. Anyway, yeah, yeah it's a cool concept for a game um, to do something. To do. I keep meaning to learn ASL, and I'm like, okay, and then I get, you know, just other stuff, and it's like, Jesus. Yeah, no, it's, it definitely is. It's by a company called Hatchlings. Yeah, yeah, I see that, yeah, it's very yeah. cool. Damn mean, actually. Yeah, actually, in the book itself looks good. If if anyone's listening to this right now and they're like, "What the hell are these guys on?" Once you either stop driving or whatever you're doing, uh, just take a look at Inspirals. I n s p i r i s l e s. By the way, this is not an ad. We are not getting paid for this. Yeah, no. <laughs> Nobody would pay us to do anything um, right now. Yeah, it's totally baller. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's a very cool concept. Yeah, I might. No, no, don't, don't do it, Santa. Don't fucking do it. Don't do it. Don't pre-order it. I, I, I might, I might. I got two other Kickstarters that I need to do. One of them, of course, Finder sent to me. And although I'm mad at him, I'm also kind of appreciative. Um, (laughs) Well, they're, they're out of stock anyways. Oh, okay, good. Then no, then there's no way of me getting it. I'm good, um, but yeah, I would say a game I know that can be played over more than one session um, is Fate, which I know it's not everyone's favorite. I know Scott, you said you're not a huge fan of it in general. I like the idea of Fate. I just think that you know people started blowing it, and like in the most literal sense of the word, as a you know. Fellatio, and it's just like, hey, cool, it's neat, but um, you know, calm down. Yeah, and that one, I like. It's kind of based on the stories, and you can have like character progression, but it does have to be more thematic, right? Yeah, it's like at the end of the day, you are dealing with an archetype, and I think a lot of people, I think the way to do it is like over time, you may not fit the same archetype as you did before, and in that case, you might want to change that which would change your core rules like i remember watching watching those uh an actual play with i feel it was on the critical role channel whatever the geeks and sundry i think it is mm-hmm. yeah and they were doing and they're doing it and i was like oh that's really cool like it's kind of what got me to buy the fate core book which i've never actually had to use who would have guessed but um and it was like one person was playing as almost kind of like a poison ivy type style while the other guy was playing as 
pretty much like a regular guy, but he collected relics. So he had a like a relic blade and shit like that. And it's those kind of things that really said what his character would do and what he's good at. And I thought, oh, okay, that's cool. Um, and then, yeah, they've changed it over. Like there's the fake core, but now they're doing accelerated. And also, I hear that beep that you heard, Scott. Are you still hearing that beep? Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's okay, though. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I was muted, so it's not me. No, no. There's, who knows? It's a, there's a thunderstorm going on here all of a sudden, so maybe it's doing something weird. Yeah. Potentially. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of ways that I think... I, we always like we like to talk ourselves among how mechanics can really bleed into the game and the feel and all that. And I feel like this is one area where most people are just it, it's fine with the status quo. Yeah. And I don't know if there's like, can you think of any ways that would be like what, what what's what's a good game to actually say that has a normal progression system? How would you actually do it? Yeah, okay, D&D. How would you do a better progression system than just uh, 1 through 20? Hmm. So you could arrange it to where character class actually actually meant something. I mean, it, it does mean something because they gain skills and power. They gain new abilities and whatnot and proficiency bonuses, but that's based by level. So you could take out the level progression and attach progression to the character class so like instead of you know a proficiency spread around you yeah, or flat like this levels are like i think at fifth level your proficiency bonuses go up and then whatever the next levels are you could tie that to like the fighter gains plus two to you know the combat stuff and then you know maybe plus one at third level plus one more at fifth level you know and kind of do that you could say these skills are going. Then you could specify skills at various levels. Um, I don't know if that too narrowly focuses the character because you no longer have choice in how that happens. Or you could say, you know, take plus one to you know any any skills you're currently proficient with. You could do it that way to provide choice. You could yeah. say gain plus one to any one weapon type. You know, and so that would help out and let you start to focus your character on like I use spears, I use swords. So that might be a way of doing it. Um, no different than you know uh, spells for your spellcasters. Yeah, I I kind of like the idea with D and D of actually kind of do. Although I think it would be uh, for the system itself, I think it would be maybe a little bit too much of a burden. But doing almost the same thing with a with a failure kind of a boost, uh, where it's like okay, you failed at this this skill five times, you gain one point in it bonus just because you know you've learned something so with that at first you're like okay well i've failed a lot of this but your guy's going to be progressing to a nominal level but like let's say you're a master swordsman right or you're a really good swordsman the only way that you're going to be able to really challenge your own combat skill is by fighting people of higher caliber in order yeah. to properly do it and i feel like you could actually with 5e you could actually do it really well where it's like okay well you know he's practiced with the blade for a long time he's really good and then all of a sudden you go up against this one swordsman where you keep on like and he, that swordsman's just leagues above you and yeah you're getting your ass kicked but at the same time you're starting to learn again okay no there is definitely people better than me and it'll almost 
drive your character to kind of improve a little. I, I think that's a cool idea. The the struggle that I have with it for D and D is armor class is not purely dependent upon your skill, right? Yeah, and that's that's the that's the thing that I really didn't like about armor class is there's a lot of stuff that goes into it that has nothing to do with anything else. So it's, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Well, that yeah, that and the math of D and D makes any alteration like this. Just- <laughs> You know, insane. Now, I will say there is a way of doing it. There's a version of three, three oh, and three point five use this. Um, and fifth edition doesn't really use it, but if they were everyone was smart, they would do this. Uh, it was called. Um, oh my god, I uh, I can't remember the name of it. Oh my god, it was. Um, it'll come to me in a minute. Anyway, you start your character at sixth level, and you don't advance. You gain feats as you normally would. And you can you can gain a feat or you can increase an attribute or a proficiency to something and go that way. So you're increasing because sixth to seventh level is really the sweet spot for uh, D20 games. And so that was where that's how that that version of the game panned out. And it was probably one of the coolest ways to play because you're all, now you're competent. You can still be challenged because you can six level characters can fight like up to CR 12 creatures. You know, so the CR twenty. You know, as you go up, you're going to really be challenged, but you can still push them. Um, and if you do the right quest, and you say, "Okay, well, we need to kill this CR twenty lich." Okay, cool. Well, we're not going to go at the lich immediately. We're going to have to actually quest, and we're going to have to find like you know artifacts and spells and rituals and all this you know stuff to to help us take this thing on. Uh, it just requires you know a little bit of buy-in. Kind of reminds me almost of The Witcher, where it's like, yeah, you can go up against these things, but you would have a lot better time if you figure out the the monster's weakness first and, you know, have this potion with you or have this random herb rubbed onto your blade or something like that. I think that that would actually be pretty cool. I just want Leroy Jenkins as part of my group so that we can accomplish anything. Man, yeah, it's called Epic Six. That's the the thing. People can Google it, and that's kind of when I wrote um, uh, "Bastard" is written from that viewpoint of uh, people haven't really caught on to it, but I took that concept of I the characters you make are essentially based in fifth edition with a slash to OSR, but they're essentially a sixth level fifth edition character. And that's why it looks the way it does. And they have so many abilities What it looks like you're starting out. Um, and then your advancements aren't normal advancements either. You, you get to increase things that you already know or do other little things. And so, um, yeah, that's how Bastard works out. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I Did we? I forget. Did we play? Yeah, you got uh, me killed. You got me killed. Bastards? Yeah. Yeah, oh, that was that one. Yeah, the, no, I was thinking of, sorry, I was thinking of, I was thinking of the, <laughs> yeah, I also just, see, and you blame uh, me for getting parties. Killed. I mean, yeah, well, to be fair, I survived all saying. those times. <laughs> I'm beginning to think it's not me so much as it is you. Nah, I would say it's you. Mostly for my own ego. It's you. Um, <laughs> um God damn it, I was about to say something. My mm. mind's just been fried today, I'm not gonna lie. I know, me too. Yeah. Now I'm even second guessing, like, was it Bastard? Jesus no, it, it, the game I was thinking of was uh, was it the Oubliettes and Sorcery. That was the game I was uh, thinking of. Yeah, that one we never, we have never played together. We no, played I never Bastard. Guys. 
Yeah, that was my original fantasy game. Yeah, I've never put you guys through that. No. No, and that's what I was trying to remember was like, oh, was it? Yeah. yeah. And that definitely also does not have standard uh, standard uh, progression. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah I, th- yeah, I think. Yeah, I have that one, too. I should have that in my. <laughs> yeah. You, I don't know. <laughs> you can do a, a lot. addition to that game and update a little bit yeah. and make it more compatible the way that flow more like neon blood like i'm not gonna lie i'm so tired right now all day today yesterday yeah um i'm probably going to cut this part of the episode just because it's not really point (laughs) no point but because i'm um i'm switching over to evenings starting next week um and my usual bedtime if i do keep this in uh, for all you folks out there, and Scott and Finder would probably know by now, is about 9, 30, 10 p.m. And I got to be up until 1 in the morning. Oh, yeah. Um, and the past two days, I've been staying up till about 12, 31 in the morning. And my body still wakes me up at about 5, 30 yes. in the morning. Yep. So I, I, I desperately need sleep right now. So my mind's just gone. Nah, it's all good, man. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's tough. Our, yeah. We're not meant to work weird hours like that. Our circadian rhythms are just completely destroyed. Oh, yeah. That's another kind of thing. That, uh, just speaking the rest, and I know, getting to- totally off, but like the short rest, long rest in games, I always thought those were funny. How they. <laughs> well, it's abstract, you know. It it is so abstract. It's just like a long rest in a dungeon, where there's orcs and everything around. I'm like, yeah, that that should never happen. Even a short rest. Well, now like, the, the truth mean. is, though, in some of the earlier versions of the game, you could not do a rest in a dungeon. You had to actually leave the dungeon to a safe place for you to get rest. Yeah, that kind of makes more sense. I remember my five E games way back when. Before I, I found better systems. Um, taking rests and long rests, like taking at least a short rest in a dungeon where it's just like, oh yeah, we shouldn't have been able to find the orcs in here, even though we've killed everyone that we've come across, there's no way that they don't know that somebody's already coming, right? So you'd think they would eventually, especially them being orcs, hunt them out. But yeah, anyways, uh, so finder, what well, we we've learned that. Uh we're all really tired and <laughs> struggling to put a coherent sentence together. Um, aside from that, leveling is something that uh, I think most games do in one way or another, whether you want to call it leveling or advancing or progression or whatever, there is some way that characters need to be able to change over time and how the different systems handle it. Uh, there's different ways that we can do it with experience points being probably the most prevalent. Well, well, well said. And on that note, folks, uh, I think that's all the time we have for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know. You can email me at, at RP smart people. Oh, sorry. No, that's Twitter. <laughs> wow. I'm even <laughs> at RP smart people at gmail.com. And if you hated this episode, let me know on Twitter at RP smart people. We're still a tiny podcast. Um, so, 
you know, please uh, tell your friends, tell your families, tell your dog, tell your cat, whoever you could tell who might enjoy RPGs. Let them know. Um, and yeah, so that we can grow, increase our production, and just overall try and make a better experience for everyone. Have a good time, and see you next week. Booyah,